Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Hey, hey, welcome to another Wednesday edition of Breaking Beauty podcast. It's Carlene and Jill here. Hello, Jill. Hey, Carlene. So welcome to everybody tuning in. Of course, by now you probably know that we're two longtime beauty editors turned beauty podcasters. And each week we're chatting about the breakthrough people, products and moments in beauty. And I kind of like to say that if we didn't even have this podcast, Carlene, this is the type of stuff we'd be texting about. You know, we text about the headlines and the juicy products and all of that. And we're just putting it out there for everyone to hear. Absolutely. Sharing. So yeah, every month we do our hashtag damn goods episode. That's where we test all of the latest game changing products. We also speak to some of our favorite brand founders and industry pros who are just crushing it, working with the top celebrities, setting the trends. And we know that you all love skincare experts. So we definitely feature a lot of those great people on our show too. And today we are welcoming board certified dermatologist and research scientist, Dr. Whitney Bowe. That's right. She is world renowned and award winning. She's also the go-to expert for Good Morning America. And she's often quoted in the pages of the New York Times, Washington Post, Vogue, Allure, all of that. Plus Dr. Bowe, has also built a massive community on social media with more than 1 million followers on TikTok and Instagram. And you may not know, but she actually coined skin cycling, this viral trend that we're seeing that has more than three and a half billion views on TikTok alone. And in June 2022, she debuted her own eponymous skincare range. It's the Dr. Whitney Bow Beauty, and it features staples for skin cycling. But she also, I think, has big plans for 2023. So watch this space. And today's topic, it's a juicy one. A dermatologist explains skin cycling. What? is it niacinamide for newbies that was one of the most googled ingredients of 2022 so we needed an explainer and is my botox wearing off sooner post covid she's going to explain the latest findings so much more oh yeah and i really appreciated her insight on some of these beauty headlines that we're seeing right now especially about mm-hmm. the new filler that just got approved for the jawline getting mm-hmm. that snatched look and the uv lamps that's a big headline for right now too and she goes deep on that yes well. for manicures do we really need to be you know canceling those mm-hmm. manicure appointments or what sort of what is behind all of that and you know that feeling carlene when we're interviewing somebody and it's like a home run you're like oh she's ticking every box of getting a juicy interview and that's dr bow 
Absolutely. And it was such a great chat. So much information. And one last thing, we are conducting a listener survey because you're really the star of the show, actually, for a limited time. It only will take a few minutes to complete. There's going to be a great prize up for grabs, maybe a Breaking Beauty sweatshirt, maybe a Sephora gift card. You'll have to head on over to our Instagram and our website if you want to find out more details, if you want to complete this survey. We always want to hear from you. We're just looking for ways to make our show even bigger and better in 2023. Love it. So of course, everything that we discussed with Dr. Bo today, we recap it on our website at breakingbeautypodcast.com. So welcome, Dr. Whitney Bo. What does an American look like? If you tell the story of America, whose story would it be? I'm Tracy Ellis Ross, and I want to share with you the America that I know. Inspired by the words of Langston Hughes, I Am America is a collection of untold stories that make up the complex and beautiful promise of our country. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Breaking Beauty Podcast, Dr. Bo. So a lot of our listeners have probably heard of skin cycling by now. And what they may not know, though, is you are the actual dermatologist who coined that phrase. So in case anybody missed it, what is skin cycling exactly? So skin cycling is a deliberate strategic method of cycling through your evening skincare routine in order to drive results, but minimize irritation. So the classic skin cycling program is a four night cycle. That's the one that went mega viral with almost 4 billion views on TikTok and almost broke the internet in 2022. But really the beauty of skin cycling is that it, it's meant to be a flexible framework that you can actually personalize and customize to meet your skin's needs. So like just this morning on Good Morning America, I was talking about, you know, leveling down to what I call the gentle skin cycling program during the winter months. If your skin is feeling tight, dry, if you're experiencing any kind of symptoms that show that your skin barrier might be a little bit compromised, you can actually build in extra recovery nights and there are tweaks and modifications you can make on each night of skin cycling to really sort of take care of your skin at the moment. So, you know, it's so important to use skin cycling to listen to your skin and you can flex up something called advanced skin cycling. You can level down to gentle skin cycling, but it's really a tool to listen to your skin. And the whole idea from my understanding is just to, you know, reduce the chance of people overdoing it on acids and retinoids. So just explain to us, like if you're doing the four night, what would you do on night one, night two, night three, night four? So, so night one is exfoliation night. So what you do on exfoliation night is first you're going to cleanse. Then you apply, I recommend a leave-on exfoliating serum, ideally with a blend of acids, of alpha hydroxy acids, beta hydroxy acids, polyhydroxy acids. And you want to put that on your face, neck, and chest, a thin layer. And then you wait one to two minutes for that to dive into the skin. And then you apply a lightweight moisturizer on top. And what that's going to do is that it's literally overnight, it's going to dissolve away that uppermost layer of dead skin cells, right? So the next morning you wake up with unclogged pores, more of a healthy glow, the skin feels smoother. But more importantly, it actually sets you up to get more out of the rest of your skin cycling program because now all the other ingredients and products you're going to be applying to the skin are going to actually penetrate more effectively into the skin. 
And if you find an exfoliating product that has, say, like 8% glycolic acid or higher, you know, and you're using that regularly as part of your skin cycling routine, it can also work very in a very complementary way to say your retinoids, your vitamin C, because it can actually stimulate collagen synthesis in the skin. So it can help with fine lines, wrinkles, firming, texture, and of course, brightening dark spots over time as well, especially that blend of acids. So that's night one, that's exfoliation night. So night two is retinoid night. So on retinoid night, what you want to do is first, you're going to cleanse, pat dry, Then you want to apply your retinoid and really all it takes is a pee to cover the whole face, right? So you take that pee, you dab it all over the face. You take another pee, dab it across the neck, take two more pees for the chest, dab it across the chest, rub that in, and then you apply a lightweight moisturizer. And then you go into recovery night. So during the classic four night skin cycling program, there's two push nights and two recovery nights. So the two push nights are exfoliation night and retinoid night. And the two recovery nights, you cleanse, you moisturize. Ideally, you want to look for a moisturizer that has you know, ceramide, squalane, hyaluronic acid, prebiotics, one that's been clinically proven to repair the skin barrier. And then, of course, you can add additional layers on recovery night. If your skin feels a little extra tight, a little extra dry, if your skin barrier needs a little extra love. So that's where you, underneath that moisturizer, could put on a hydrating serum on top of the moisturizer. You can slug, you know, if you want to. If you like slugging and you're not acne prone and you're not <laughs> prone to milia, you can actually layer, you know, a heavy, more occlusive product with the ingredient petroleum jelly as a final layer as your skincare routine on recovery nights. Or if you're prone to acne like I am, then I recommend something called a recovery balm, which is another product that you actually layer on top of your moisturizer. But you know, there you're looking for ingredients like grapeseed oil, rosehip oil, centella asiatica, you know, something that's going to actually just seal in that extra moisture all night, but it's not going to break you out the next morning. And so when you're done with your recovery nights, you just cycle back to night one, which is exfoliation night. So, you know, during the winter, I add in extra recovery nights if my skin needs it. Like if, you know, if the air is just really dry and my skin is feeling really dry, then you know, on that fourth night, when I did that recovery night, instead of going back to exfoliation night the next night, if my skin doesn't feel ready, you listen to your skin. And if your skin's telling you like, hey, you need an extra recovery night, turn it into a five night cycle. But if you can, if your skin's doing great and you're like, hey, bring it, you know, bring those actives, bring those push nights, you can drop recovery nights and add more retinoid nights. What I love about this, though, is it reminds me of when you go to the gym and you have a personal trainer and they get you on a system. Everybody's got a different system. But the point is, you don't just go to the gym and do the exact same workout every time because you're exhausting, right? You're exhausting certain muscles and you're not getting that sort of well-balanced. So I think this was such a clear and revolutionary way for people to think about their routine where it used to be like, give me the three step. I'm going to do that every single night. It's like, no, it's not that. And people were adding steps, right? So it just, you would learn about a new ingredient, get excited about it, and then it would become another step. And all of a sudden, you know, on Instagram and TikTok, people were having like eight, nine, 10 steps in their skincare routine. And, you know, that uh, quite honestly, is like a kitchen sink approach to skincare, right? Like layering and mixing and matching all of those ingredients. You know, sometimes those ingredients don't actually work well together in the skin. And so it actually creates irritation rather than results. Yeah. Less is more.
Yeah, but I'm I'm going to need a calendar, I guess, at my sink. I will never remember. Like I can barely remember what I did this morning. Oh my gosh, people Little, on, what did I do like two my followers on Instagram and TikTok? They have built <laughs> calendars, and they like they okay. actually share them and they print them and they have them in their bathrooms. And depending on what skin cycling program you're on, like they'll you know they create the calendar. There's one on Etsy that's like. People have have okay. really gotten very careful with their scheduling, which I love yeah. seeing. I'm, I'm seeing an app in your future, Dr. Bob. Right, yeah. right. We need to work on an app. Okay, good idea. <laughs> this episode is brought to you in part by Macy's. It's the most romantic holiday of the year just around the corner, Valentine's Day. And guess what, lovies? If you don't know what to get your partner, I'm going to give you some ideas right here, right now. For him, how about a level up on his usual shaving cream? We were just having this conversation with someone in our DMs this past week. We recommended Jack Black. My husband's into that brand, and I'm honestly always hearing good things from other people that they've given it to their husbands and boyfriends. Then we got the feedback from said listener who went out and bought it for her hubby. And lo and behold, the shaving cream was way better than her husband's usual stuff. Love a successful reco. Macy's even has shaving gift sets, which are always cute, giftable. And you know, you always save a little bit of money with a good beauty bundle. For her, there's a world of perfumes available at Macy's, Chanel, Dior, Prada, even that good girl by Carolina Herrera, high heel perfume that became famous on TikTok. I know I'm always getting asked about that one. And public service announcement. Yes, you can get your Valentine's gift delivered in time for V-Day. You can avoid lines and order online or in the Macy's app for pickup curbside, pickup in your nearest store, or if you're in a really tight pinch, get it delivered right to your doorstep with same day delivery powered by DoorDash. Check out all of your options at Macy's.com. That's M-A-C-Y-S.com. Get them a gift they'll love you for this Valentine's Day at Macy's.com. And now back to our episode. You mentioned retinoids as part of this skin cycling program. And can you give us sort of a refresher on the difference between retinoids, retinol, and retinol spelled with an A-L. And does everyone really need a version of retinol in their life? In fact, in our Facebook chat room recently, I saw somebody say, why do you never hear celebrities say that they use a prescription retinol? And it's so true. You never hear them say, my doctor gave me this too, because it is like one of the most effective ways. So I'm just curious, sort of like where we are with retinols and what your approach is. So retinoids are one of the most powerful science-backed ingredients in all of skincare. If you're looking, it's, my daughter asked me, she's like, mommy, what does a retinoid do? And because she hears me talk about it a lot. And I was like, I was trying to think of what a retinoid doesn't do. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, it helps with acne. It helps with breakouts. It helps with texture. It helps firm up fine lines and wrinkles. It boosts collagen synthesis in the skin. It increases your skin's own hyaluronic acid synthesis. So it plumps the skin and hydrates the skin. Ultimately, over time, fuse it. It helps with the skin barrier. It brightens dark spots. It helps with hyperpigmentation. Like it's one of the only ingredients out there that can actually reverse signs of aging in the skin. It can actually turn back the clock. And so retinoids are mm -hmm. amazing. So the sort of, just to put this in perspective in terms of like how to break it down, because this is something that even quite honestly, like board certified dermatologists struggle with sort of what's the difference between all these different retinoids. So I'm going to make it really simple for you guys right now. So retinoic acid is also called tretinoin. 
That's the prescription you get from your dermatologist. That is the most potent form. That is the one that has the most evidence behind it, but it is also the most irritating. I was going to say <laughs> chafing. That's, That's the one that your skin recognizes. <laughs> retinoids are vitamin A derivatives. The retinoid needs to be converted no matter what retinoid you're using. It needs to be converted to retinoic acid for the most part in order to be recognized by your receptors in your cells, in your nucleus, in your cytoplasm for it to have all these amazing benefits on the skin, right? So the farther away you are from retinoic acid, the weaker the retinoid's going to be. There are some people out there, they can use their prescription strength retinoid every night and they're doing great. Like you do you. If you can do that, that's amazing. Having treated thousands of patients for over a decade, I can tell you that most people have a really hard time doing that. So that's one of the reasons why retinols have become so incredibly popular because they're better tolerated. And if you stick with it long enough, you can see very similar results to what you're getting with your prescription strength. Retinal is actually the closest thing to a prescription strength that you can get over the counter. It's gonna be more potent, actually more than 10 times potent, more than 10 times bioavailable than a retinol. So mm. there's it's the wording and the language gets very complicated. But if you think about it, like retinoic acid is like if somebody stuck an IV in your arm and gave you caffeine in an IV, right? And then retinal is like an espresso. You take a shot of espresso, you're like, okay, ready to go. And retinol is sort of like a regular drip coffee. And mm -hmm. retinal esters are like a Dunkin' Donuts decaf, right? Ooh. Or like maybe an herbal tea. Okay, I don't even know if I want to call retinal esters a decaf. <laughs> I don't even know if they deserve that. So yeah, so that's sort of one way of just thinking about it. Retinoids right. are, are fascinating, super complicated, but absolutely like one of those things that I do recommend. If you're not pregnant, you're not nursing, you're not trying to conceive. If you can try to incorporate a retinoid regularly into your routine, it doesn't have to be every night to see results. I would strongly recommend trying. So having said all of this, we know that niacinamide was one of the most Googled skincare ingredients in 2022. So can you explain exactly what niacinamide is in skincare and what it's good for? I believe on the label, it's often known as vitamin B3 as well. Yeah, you correct? nailed it. So but niacinamide is a form of topical vitamin B3 that so many benefits when applied topically. So one of them is that it actually helps with the skin barrier. So it reduces something called transepidermal water loss or tool, which is evaporation of water out of the surface of the skin. It can actually reduce that, which means that it's helping repair the skin barrier. It's also really good for redness. So I find a lot of my rosacea patients like niacinamide. It's great for hyperpigmentation. The way that it works there is it actually inhibits the transfer of melanin from melanocytes, which are the pigment-producing cells, to the neighboring keratinocytes. And it's also an antioxidant, right? So it helps to slow down signs of aging by protecting your skin against environmental stressors, aggressors, free radicals, oxidative stress, et cetera. So, you know, niacinamide has a number of benefits when it comes to skincare, and those have been very well studied. Where does niacinamide fit into my skin cycle? <laughs> yeah, so niacinamide is one of those ingredients that plays nicely with almost every other ingredient in the sandbox. So it okay. is one of those ones that you could easily, you know, mix into other products. The way that I personally like to incorporate niacinamide in my skincare routine and when I'm recommending it to my patients 
I like niacinamide as part of a brightening or dark spot correcting serum. It's really effective when it's included in one of those serums. I also really like it as part of a sunscreen. Um, so, you know, you don't need, again, this is one of those things that I feel like we went through this like a la carte phase where it was like there was a product for every every ingredient. It was like there's a niacinamide yeah. serum and a this. You don't, niacinamide doesn't need its own serum. And just going back for one step, because I know our listeners will want to know, what's the product that you like for dark spot? brightening that has niacinamide in it. So SkinCeuticals has a dark spot correct. I'm not paid by SkinCeuticals. They have a dark spot correcting serum that has niacinamide and tranexamic acid. Those two together are great for, you know, brightening dark spots over time. Elta MD is also a great niacinamide containing product. It's got UV clear as the sunscreen. A lot of my patients can't tolerate a sunscreen. They have sensitive skin, tends to like, they get very sort of sensitive. They react to sunscreens, but when you build niacinamide in, you know, because it has those, you know, those properties that help repair the skin barrier, uh, it can actually be very well tolerated, even in people who have very sensitive skin. So those are some products that I love. You know, when it comes to niacinamide, it's one of those examples where like more is not better. If you actually mm-hmm. look at the the studies and the literature, most of the studies show that between two and 5% of niacinamide is really the sweet spot. That's what you need to drive the results. And when you go to a higher percentage than that, Unfortunately, it can cause a lot of irritation in the skin. Okay, that's okay. what I was going to ask about because I know Sunday Riley just came out with a 10%. And I feel like this is what happens when you get these buzzy ingredients. There's that mentality like more is more, guys. Exactly. And you start seeing these big percentages on the label. So other than that, are there any downsides? Because niacinamide, other than that, just sounds like a dream. Are there any downsides people should be aware of? Purging, <laughs> anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So purging, I love that you brought that up because purging you shouldn't purge with niacinamide. So purging is, purging results from including a product that as part of its mechanism of action speeds skin cell turnover. So for example, an exfoliating acid serum might cause purging. A retinoid might cause purging because those Mm -hmm. ingredients are working. Part of the way that they work is that they speed skin cell turnover, right? So if you have these little plugged you know, my, microcomedones, like little plugged precursors to acne underneath the surface of the skin, you speed skin cell turnover, it's going to bring those to the surface more quickly. It's going to feel like your skin is getting worse before it gets better. Niacinamide doesn't work that way. So if you think you're purging from a product that has niacinamide in it, that most likely is a sign of irritation. So take a look at the percentage, right? If it's one of those, if it's over 5%, think twice about that product. Or, you know, quite honestly, a lot of people are layering so many different products that have niacinamide. So they're all cumulative. So, you know, if one product has a little bit of niacinamide in it, and then you have a serum, and then you have a sunscreen, and then you have moisturizer, they all have niacinamide in them. You could be getting higher than 5% without even knowing it. Yeah. And that's when you get the irritation. So it would be yeah. like red bumps or something. You, you can get tiny red bumps. It almost looks like acne in a way for a lot of people. Mm. The skin can feel a little bit sort of red blotchy, a little irritated, a little sensitive. There are some people who are going to tolerate a 10, 20% niacinamide serum. No problem. So if if that's you and you're listening and you're like, huh, I've been using this niacinamide. My skin's doing fine. Like, don't listen. Then you're fine. Right. But what I see is when people come to my office and they have a problem and they bring a bag of their skincare products and we're trying to identify like what's the problem, then when we take away that 10%, 20% niacinamide serum, oftentimes their, their skin gets better.
Today's episode is brought to you in part by Starface. 2023 may be the year of the rabbit, but beauty analysts might say it's the year of the cloud. Cloud textures abound in all the skincare on store shelves. But let me tell you about the cloud-shaped skin solution that's packing a real bolt of lightning. It's the latest innovation from Starface, a powerful micro dart patch called Micro Cloud. They're these cute cloud-shaped patches that are made with tiny self-dissolving micro darts that dive deep into skin to target early stage pimples that are dry or irritated that catch them before they come. They're filled with key ingredients like hyaluronic acid, niacinamide, which we've talked about in today's show, powerful salicylic acid to help calm and hydrate skin for faster healing. My preteen daughter, she's already obsessed with Starface. And lately, since my whiteheads have been making a reappearance, so am I. If you aren't already familiar, Starface makes those cute star-shaped pimple patches that are 100% hydrocolloid. That's an ingredient that helps absorb fluid and reduce that redness while shrinking your spot. You may have seen these all over Instagram. So many derms and facialists have recommended hydrocolloid patches on our show as well. And they kind of pack a one-two punch because they help keep me from picking as well. So important to help prevent scarring. Starface has a full range of Hydrostar pimple patches for whatever mood you're in. There's the original yellow, a colorful multi-pack, a solid black for the goth sister, and a cute blue star that also contains salicylic acid. Plus, they come inside this little yellow compact that holds all of your stars and has a mirror. Love that. Right now, MicroCloud is only available in the U.S. at starface.world. That's S-T-A-R-F-A-C-E dot W-O-R-L-D. And for a limited time, Starface is offering all Breaking Beauty listeners free shipping on your first MicroCloud order. Just enter the promo code BEAUTY at checkout. Again, that's BEAUTY for free shipping on your first MicroCloud order. And now back to the show. Now, if people are out there shopping for products, what is the difference between dermatologist tested on a label and dermatologist approved? Is one claim more legit than the other? So I'm going to pull back the curtains for you guys here because (laughs) this is something that I, I really think is so I've learned so much about this. You know, I started as a as a clinical dermatologist, right? I've been practicing for over 10 years. I'm also a research scientist. I published, you know, over over 50 peer-reviewed scientific publications, book chapters, lectures, patent, et cetera. And now recently I've become a brand founder. And so I really have insight into what happens behind the scenes and the types of marketing claims. So let's go there. Let's go to dermatologist right, testing. So, so a couple of years ago, I actually had a brand approach me and they were like, hey, Dr. Bo, can you test out this serum for like a week and just let us know, you know, what you think? And at the end of the week, I reached out and I was like, yeah, you know, it's it's actually, it's pretty drying. Like I think it's got a drying alcohol in it. It's one of the top ingredients. It's really not reacting well with my skin. And they're like, that's okay. Like we just really needed you to test it because we want to say dermatologist tested on the label. <laughs> and I was like, wait, oh, wow. what? Like, are you kidding me right now? So that, it was me, an N of one, testing the product coming up with the fact that I didn't approve of the product, yet that was enough to check off the box. (laughs) So these are not FDA regulated terms. Okay. So I'm just going to walk you through what I do because I think that would help sort of understand like the, the investment in time, energy, budget, et cetera, if you want to actually do this quote unquote the right way. So when I'm formulating a product, 
What I do is first, I introduce it to some of my patients in my practice, obviously with their consent. But I want to see how that formulation is doing in a patient who has rosacea, patient who has eczema, patient who has sensitive skin, patient who has oily skin. Like that gives me very valuable feedback. So, you know, I choose my actives. I know exactly which ingredients I want to put in there at exactly the right concentrations, make sure they're sustainably sourced. I, you know, formulate it, share it with these people get feedback from them, honest feedback, right? Is it working? Is it not working? Sensorial experience, like, you know, is it stinging? Is it drying? Is it burning? Is it, does it smell funny? Like all those things, right? So then I'll keep going back and making iteration upon iteration of that formulation until I think that I've nailed the formulation. And then what I do is I send it to a third-party testing facility, an unbiased testing facility, and we do something called an RIPT test. And that's looking for a sensitization in the skin. Is it going to create some kind of a reaction under like extreme conditions to see if somebody who has sensitive skin or is prone to allergies is going to react to the product? If it passes that, then we go on to clinical studies. And in the clinical studies, I recruit 50% of my subjects have sensitive skin. So they'll be using, I'm, I'm just starting a clinical study right now for three months and 50% of the subjects have sensitive skin. So I want to see, is it well tolerated in that patient population? But we're talking about like altogether, those steps can cost a brand, you know, anywhere between like 50 and a hundred thousand dollars. And for me, for Dr. Rebo Beauty, that's a decision that I made. I was like, okay, I'm going to, for me to put my name and to get out there and recommend it, like I need to go through all of those steps, right. To say it's dermatologist tested. But, yeah. you know, you can imagine a lot of brands, if they're going to spend, you know, 50 to $100,000, they may think that it makes more sense to put that towards like paid marketing or, you know, paid influencers. So I think that's where it becomes really hard for consumers because oftentimes like you just see this, you know, this claim on the label and like, unless mm-hmm. uh, it took me, I mean, I am an extremely, you know, experienced dermatologist. I've consulted with all the top skincare brands globally for so many years. And until I became a brand founder and sort of understood, you know, what goes into, you know, making each one of these products, the regulatory claims, what we can put on the label, like even I didn't really understand these kinds of nuances. So I hope that helped explain that a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. If we were to follow you into a drugstore as a dermatologist, what are three things that you would stock up on that you would approve of? I would probably buy a La Roche-Posay cleanser. They have the Lipicar wash, AB plus face and body. Love that one. I would buy CeraVe healing balm for my lips. I don't use it on my face. It breaks me out. I'm not a slugger. And actually I would buy, have you guys tried those scalp massage tools? I'm not a big tool person. Love it. Okay, right? It's like the best. So, I mean, they're they're soft. Like they're made of, I think they're made of probably silicone. silicone and they almost yeah. look like a torture device. They have like these little spikes, <laughs> right? But it actually is pretty gentle on my scalp. I end up using less shampoo. And I, I, feel, I have a lot of hair. I have very thick hair. So for me to get the shampoo all the way down to my to my scalp and to really get that massage you know, it's, it's tiring. My hands get tired (laughs) and I feel like those tools are pretty great and they're not expensive at all. So I'm kind of a fan. Okay. And you use that, you're using that in the shower to work your shampoo in, right? That's how I'm using it. Yeah. I love it. 
Okay. Now, this is a topic we get asked about a lot, and this is at-home skincare tools. People are always curious, should I make the investment? Should I not? Are there any that you have recently discovered that you think are exciting or will sort of change the game and why? Yeah. So in my practice, I have used over 50 different devices, lasers, you know, procedural sort of, you know, pieces of equipment over the last couple of years. And so I'm very picky and very skeptical when it comes to the at-home devices that claim to give you, you know, laser-like results. I'm always trying new ones. So I, I may be proven wrong in the near future. I'm not, I'm, I'm okay with the LED lights. I think that those have some really compelling science behind them, but I feel like probably the tools that I've seen have the most benefit are sort of simple ones. So gua sha, for my patients who have TMJ, especially if they massage like right along, you know, the muscle down here, it can actually help to release that, that stress. And then the other thing that I've noticed is jade rollers for people who have under eye bags. Like, I mean, do I think a jade roller is doing amazing things, you know, overall and have any long-term benefits in the skin? No, not really. But, you know, for my patients who do have under eye bags and they retain fluid under their eyes, it's a daily nuisance for them. And there aren't that many solutions. And so being able to sort of roll, you know, sort of laterally from the side of the nose out towards the hairline can be beneficial for those patients, at least give you like temporary, a temporary benefit to help with that lymphatic drainage and help to, you know, mobilize that, that fluid. Pausing to shout out Nutrafol, one of our longtime show partners. Let's talk about 2023 haircut trends. We've got the butterfly style. That's loads of flipped out layers, very 70s inspired. We've got the job, which is a jaw length bob, everyone. And there's the mixie, which is a cross between a mullet and a pixie. And I don't think I'll be showing that last one to my hairstylist for inspo, but I love that it's on the table for 2023. And the truth is, though, if you are experiencing hair thinning or hair loss, it's probably kind of hard to get excited about haircut trends. You feel me? Because it's just really such a knock to your confidence if you are experiencing hair thinning or hair loss. But the good news is you're not alone. Nearly 30 million women are experiencing hair loss and their strength in numbers. So let's lift each other up. And I wanted to share that Nutrafol might be a way to get your hair mojo back. Nutrafol is a physician formulated 100% drug-free natural oral supplement featuring medical grade ingredients that aim to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. It's also the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. It works by supporting healthy hair growth from within, and it targets the five root causes of thinning. So everything from stress to hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism through a whole body health approach. And for me personally, I notice less shedding when I am on my Nutrafol routine. I take the women's balance formula four capsules a day, and it's thanks to the consistently effective dosages that you get the most reliable results. And this kind of blew me away. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after using Nutrafol for six months. That's impressive. And more than 3,000 top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair. 
And good news for our Breaking Beauty pod fam. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code BREAKING to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to US customers for a limited time. So don't delay. Plus you get free shipping on every order. So get $15 off at Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com and use promo code breaking. Once again, Nutrafol.com, use promo code breaking to get $15 off your first month subscription. We'll link to this offer in our show notes and on our website. Now back to the show. Let's talk about what is going on in your practice. This is something relatively new. There was a recent study that came out that talks about the safety and efficacy of Botox or, you know, neuromodulator injections and how COVID vaccines have impacted that. Oh. I don't know if you read that or yes, if you... Yes. I think they looked at the Pfizer vaccine. So so it was, yeah. I think it was a relatively small study. If I'm remembering correctly, it was like 45 subjects and I believe it was uh, 90% women. I don't remember if they were 50 years old, 60 years old. It was around that demographic. And what they were doing is they basically looked at pre- Pfizer vaccine, pre-COVID vaccine, what was the distance between their botulinum toxin injections? And this is, they included Botox, Dysport, and they included all of the neuromodulators. And they looked and saw what's the difference, like how long did they space out their injections before they got the vaccine? And then how long did they space out the injections after they got the vaccine? So before they got the vaccine, on average, they were coming back every four months. And then after they got the vaccine, they were coming back on average every three and a half months. So it seemed to affect, like make make the neuromodulator last two weeks less. So, you know, I think that it is very possible that that is something that's, that's happening. In my practice, I did see that to an extent, you know, nothing that was like, you know, mind blowing that was like, oh my gosh, it's not working and I'm worried. But, you know, it, it were people saying like, you know, it didn't quite work as well or it's wearing off a little bit faster. You know, I, I have seen a little bit of that for sure, you know, but I think that, this study in particular, like I, I'm trained in clinical epidemiology, biostatistics. So I've, I've done extensive, you know, research myself. And I think that one of the things that we have to point out about this study is that it's not really looking at all the variables, or all the confounders. So for example, you know, they didn't really look at how many of those subjects were exposed to COVID or, or had COVID, you know, so, so that's something that I saw in my practice where, you know, being exposed to the virus or catching the virus or even having an asymptomatic course of the virus is going to have a very similar effect on your immune system as getting the vaccine. You know, so I think it's a little unfair to blame the vaccine. Like, you know, a lot of those people might just be having, you know, a slightly blunted response to their botulinum toxin because they had a robust immune reaction to any form of COVID that they were actually exposed to, right? It may not just be the vaccine. It was also a really small N. So it's the, it's the power, right? How many people were included in the study? 45. Like, I mean, I treat hundreds of, of patients with botulinum injections like every week. So I think 45 patients is a small sample size. I think it was, it's a, it's an interesting study. Do I think there's something to it? I do. I do. You know, you said the word safety. I don't think it makes me question the safety of the COVID vaccination or the safety of botulinum toxins. Like it doesn't, make me think like, oh my gosh, are we putting people in harm's way? I think it's more about, you know, the efficacy, the longevity, the duration. And, yeah. 
so far from most of my practice, I, I spend all day long holding a syringe, right? And you know, I, I haven't seen it have such a dramatic impact on my patients. So, you know, I, I think that it's, it's something we'll keep an eye on. Hopefully there'll be some more studies that come out and give us a little bit more of an understanding, but it's not changing the way that I'm practicing or the way that I'm counseling my patients right now. Right. I'm glad, I'm glad we talked that through. You made a lot of good points. What else is exciting in the neuromodulator or filler space for 2023? I know, like you said, you spend all day with a syringe in your hand. What's exciting you for the I year ahead? I would say one of the biggies is there's a lot of conversation about contour, especially when it comes to the chin and the jawline. There is a new product that was recently FDA approved specifically for the jawline, Juvederm Velux. You know, I I always tell people it's the filler, not the filler, meaning it's the person holding the syringe, not necessarily like what we're injecting that matters more is more technique dependent than the actual product. But I think it's interesting that they came out with a product that, you know, has a little bit more cohesivity, a little bit more lift to it that's specifically meant to give more definition to the jawline. And it's something, you know, I am talking to my patients all about every day in my practice. I've been injecting other fillers off label for that reason, you know, for years, Mm -hmm. because in women, like we do undergo something called bony resorption, you know, and, and the jawline does tend to become, it's just, just, it's thinner, right? The bone gets thinner. Like if you look, you're walking along a beach and you come across, oh God, this is gruesome. I'm sorry. I'm coming up with this weird (laughs) description, but if you find three skulls lying on the beach, one is 20, <laughs> one is 50, and one is 80, like you can tell the difference in the thickness of the bone. Like you can know right away which skull belongs to whom. And so, you know, over time, we do lose some of that bony contour. And so what can end up happening is, you know, you end up having like the cheeks sort of blend into the neck. And so, you know, for a lot of women, they get that marionette area, the jowl area. So so they do like to have a little bit more definition to the jawline. So long as you're going to somebody really experienced because you don't want a masculine jaw, you don't want a masculine chin. But by, you know, injecting yeah. those areas, you know, think about it as like the two poles in a tennis net. You know, if you sort of pull those two poles tighter, the tennis net stretches tighter. So you can imagine that marionette area getting tighter. And my male patients, you know, always love a very, very defined jawline. It's a very masculine, you know, feature. So, you know, I I do think that we're probably going to be, you know, seeing more injectors, you know, going there. You should be really careful again about who's injecting. I was just going to say, I did see some before and afters of people like it has been approved here in Canada for a while. And I saw somebody basically it looked like they got a chin implant in the best way possible using this product. And I was kind of blown away. So I it love really injecting the chin. The con- oh my gosh, it can make such yeah. a difference. And, and the, the, you know, the patient usually doesn't point to their chin and say, can you inject here? But, you know, if you look at somebody from the profile and you look at their nose and you look at their chin, you know, in a woman, the, you know, the chin should protrude around that. You, you can actually see the proportions and the ratios and see if it's a recessed chin. And if you have a little bit of recession there and you just build that out a little bit in a tapered way that still maintains that heart-shaped face, you don't want the chin to be too wide. Yeah. You know, it can it can just beautifully tighten up that jawline and yeah. make a huge difference. Yeah. I think it's fascinating for because for somebody, I'm in my 40s and I definitely have that thing where my chin is like melting into my neck. And I think it's just interesting that, you know, for myself, if I'm thinking about sculpting, I'm thinking more about taking away than adding filler. You know what I mean? So like, like a buckle fat pad removal that we're seeing yeah, trending like, yeah. right now, please. Oh my gosh. No, it's, and that's, 
in the right hands, you know, and done in a very minimal way. I, you know, I have many plastic surgery colleagues that I refer to and we have conversations all the time about patients like, you know, that that can give you in the right patient, in the right candidate, done the right way. It can actually have nice outcomes. It's a last resort, obviously. And I would certainly not recommend that as like a go-to. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it is interesting you said that because most people, when they think about like adding contour, they think about sort of taking away, you know, from this area. But actually, if you build out, like we have something called an OG curve and like a zygomatic arch is our cheekbone. And if you build out Mm -hmm. the cheekbone and then you also build out the jawline and the chin, you know, then naturally you'll get that submalar depression right here. And so you want like a little mm-hmm. depression in the temple and then it comes out a little bit for the cheekbone then it goes a little bit depressed in the in the submalar or the, the sort of mid-cheek area. And then it comes Hollows out again for the, the jawline. Yeah. And it's those beautiful contours that that give us that like that sexy curve, you know, to the face. So it, it's, it is sort of all about balance and proportions and ratios, right? So sometimes if you add, like I have a lot of patients who say to me as they age, they're like, why does my nose look like it's getting wider? And I'll say to them, it's because your cheekbones are collapsing in and down. Like our fat pad in our cheekbones actually migrates down and in. And so our mm. face gets more narrow. So our nose looks like it's wider. So if you build back out a little bit of the lateral face, then your nose can come back in proportion. Okay. So do we need M face then? I feel like this is the latest <laughs> trending thing where it's like, just suck it all out, you know? Okay. So what do you, M face, here that? are my unfiltered comments on M face. So M face has two modalities built into it. So one of it, it one is radio frequency. Radio frequency energy is something that I use very often in a lot of the procedures that I do in the office. They are heat inducing devices that deliberately create like a controlled heating, almost like a a wounding effect in the skin that stimulates collagen synthesis. So radio frequency can tighten the skin. It can target the dermal layer and it can actually tell your fibroblasts to make more collagen and elastic tissue. So I like radio frequency as an energy modality. And in M-Face, radio frequency is being coupled with electrical stimulation of the muscles. So Mm -hmm. this is the part where I have pause. When you think about the aging (laughs) face, the aging face, we talked about the fact that your bone, right, is getting thinner called bony resorption. Your Mm -hmm. fat pads are getting smaller and your fat pads are migrating down and in, which is why we get the smile lines, why we get the, you know, marionette, the jowl, right? The fat pads go from here and then they slide down to here. Mm -hmm. You get loss of collagen. You get loss of elastic fibers. You get loss of hyaluronic acid. Like these are all things that age our face. Muscles are pretty strong as we're aging. And as the muscles continue to be strong, they are actually attached to our, the muscles of facial expression are attached to the skin. And as we move those muscles, that's what leads to etched in lines over time. And in fact, mm-hmm. as we mature, when those muscles are able to pull over the tissue and there's less resistance in that tissue because all of a sudden we have less collagen, we have less elastin, so the tissue is a little weaker, but the muscles are still pulling, then we start to look like caricatures of ourselves, right? So instead of when you smile, instead of having a dimple, all of a sudden you have like four dimples, we call those accordion lines, right? So everything looks more exaggerated because the muscles are working hard, but the tissue is weaker. So 
there's a lot of things that decrease as we age that we want to increase, but do we want to hyper-stimulate our muscles in a way that will help the aging process? Botox relaxes muscles. So I'm not entirely certain that I want to be hyper-stimulating the muscle activity in my patient's face. Now, you know, is it possible that the benefits of the radiofrequency are, you know, outweighing the potential negative effects of the enhanced muscle activity? It's possible. But, you know, I think that it's one of those things, like when you're an early adapter of technology, you have to sort of let things play out a little bit. Like I'm, I'm always that mm. person who's like, prove it That's to me. What like, I, I don't do. want my patients to be guinea pigs. <laughs> Fair. So I'm sure you've seen the recent headlines. I feel like this kind of comes up every once in a while. And this is about the safety of UV lamps used in nail salons. And most of us are in there every two weeks, every three weeks, getting our nails done. And they're talking about potentially those could be harmful or lead to cancer, skin cancer. So do you swear off gel manicures for this reason? Or what's your take on this, these headlines? Yeah, I haven't gotten a gel manicure in many, many, many years, because these are conversations I actually had with my colleagues early on, you know, based on the science was, you know, it just, it sort of keeps coming out. And here's yet another study that's, you know, pointing to the fact that, you know, these, these lights that cure your gel manicure are not, you know, without risk. It's, it's tricky because I understand that gel manicures have been game changing from an aesthetic standpoint, right? They're shiny and they're glossy and they last yeah. for a long time. But, you know, here we're seeing that, you know, this is, this is a study. It looked at three different cell lines. So we're not talking about a human study. You know, it's, it's, it's really a laboratory study, but they did look at three different cell lines and they found that not only does the, the UV light from these, from these lamps, it kills cells. So there's increased cell death. And there's also mutations. There's DNA mutations that are the same ones that we find in skin cancer. You know, is this concerning? Yeah, it is. Especially if somebody does this regularly, like if this is sort of like a special Mm -hmm. occasion thing, you know, before a wedding or before a photo shoot or something like that, I get it. But, you know, there are people that literally every couple of weeks, that's what they're exposed to. When you think about like a lifestyle habit like that, you know, then you have to really take these things into consideration. Oh gosh, I'm like sounding like the buzzkill dermatologist. Like I'm ruining everyone. <laughs> <laughs> ruining so, my manicure's life. I mean, you you can wear those like, you know, the, there's the UV protective fabrics, UPF 50 right? plus gloves. gloves that you can wear. But, you know, is it possible that you get what's called a subungual melanoma, you know, some kind of a skin cancer or like right around or right underneath the nail plate? From, you know, doing this cumulatively over the years, you know, I, there, there is a theoretical concern there. So, you know, if it's something that you're doing very, very regularly, I would say, you know, maybe, maybe this kind of a study can, can, you know, make you space them out a little bit more. (laughs) Okay. Right. Well, there's also lots of options, guys, to get those Olive and June press on manis whenever, you know, you want to take a little break or there's those stickers now that are like, I have them, the Manny Me, and they they literally take photos of your nails and it's custom to your exact nail shape and size. And they're just, they're actual nail polish, but they're stickers. So if you're looking for alternatives in the meantime, I have to get that for my daughter. Okay, I'm taking a note here. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I love talking with you. You're just, you have so much information. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Dr. Bo. 
Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.